Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. We are waking up to a snow-filled day here in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, opened up the drapes this morning, and there it is—a whiteout. Beautiful as all get out. We love the snow; makes everything pure. And uh, remember the uh, scripture that God says, "His treasure is in the snow." His treasure is in the snow. We are certainly looking and seeking for that treasure. We know that the true treasure is Jesus Christ. We believe in Jesus Christ. We belong to Jesus Christ. We were purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are destined for heaven and eternity. And more than that, we are destined to be conformed into the image of the firstborn son, Jesus Christ. This is a work that's been ongoing since the day that we believed since the day that you and I have accepted Christ into our hearts by faith and we began an organic relationship with him, well, God's spirit, his living, genuine, holy spirit has entered into our hearts and has been conducting business since the day we believed. And what is that business? It is to change us from the inside out, to make us new species or a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is the greatest miracle the the human race will ever know. And regardless of those who believe or do not believe, for those who do believe and have been conformed or transformed by the renewing of their mind, this is the real purpose of God. 
is to bring the human race back to himself. We heard a president today, or a man they call the president, by the name of Joe Biden, stand up and supposedly try to unite the nation. And he united the nation from his political point of view, or theirs, whoever pulling the strings, and he did anything but. Joe Biden did nothing to unite this country, and the reason why is because this country will never be united. It is a destined country for collapse and desolation and destruction, and that's why you would sit back and you would think, oh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the president and the vice president, are going to share speeches today, and they're supposedly to be the unifiers. And all they did was condemn Donald Trump, the people that were there on January 6th, um, and there were certain parts of the speech that were just absolutely unbelievable, but unfortunately, people do believe the lie, and uh, we saw this morning, at least I did with my own eyes and my own ears, uh, the unfortunate reality of hypocrisy. So America is an earth horizontal paradigm. Those who are born again are a heavenly vertical paradigm. And I just want to thank God today that my king is not a man. My president is not a man. The leader of my life is not a man. God and the great shepherd of my soul, Jesus Christ, and the one that's been given to me to guide me, to pioneer me through life, is the Holy Spirit. I thank God for him. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If I lived in this world the way that people do without knowing God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it would be a really, really messy deal. And it really was before knowing him. And today we're going to talk about some serious things that prophetic concerning our country that were spoken many, many years ago. Um, I do want to talk about January 6th. I do want to share some thoughts about what I just heard from uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, neither one of them were willing to say to the American people, we understand your, we understand what you're thinking, is what they could have said. We understand that during the year of 2020, you saw from George Floyd's death, through an entire spring, through an entire summer, into the fall, and even going on into the, the year 2021, we understand what you saw. This is what they could have said to unite the nation. They could have said, we understand that you saw buildings burning, uh, people's businesses being destroyed, looting, rioting, fires, um, over 2,300 police injured, police sitting in their cars shot and killed, police being water hosed and told to do nothing. They could have said something to the effect of, now before we get to January 6th as being the worst day in American history, we just want to share with the American people that you're not a bunch of ignorant bastards 
and I use that word biblically, bastard, illegitimate, you know. Um, you're not that. What we want you to know is that we understand that 2020 was a really bad time, and it really eclipsed what happened on January 6th uh, in Washington, D.C., where they took over your city streets, and they lit fires, and they had weapons and guns, and they ter terrorized uh, neighborhoods, and um, they defecated and wiped their um, their uncleanness all over the walls and streets of your city. Um, they they beat people up. They shed blood. They uh, kicked people in the in the head with their with their boots. Yeah, they could have said that, Kamala and Joe, this morning, in a rallying cry to say to the nation, "Listen, it's all bad. January sixth was bad. Twenty twenty was bad." And we want to unify this nation. We want to do everything in our power to unify it. But what they did this morning, Joe and Kamala, and all those that are pulling their strings and writing their speeches, uh, what, they, what they did was say a mob, terrorists, insurrectionists, the worst day in American history. They hurt our police. They broke our windows. But they absolutely buried, which they said in their speech, that the, the people bury history. Well, they buried what happened in 2020 in our country. They totally buried it, didn't speak a word about it. They only pointed the finger at the bad people that followed Trump. They railed against President Donald J. Trump. They railed against this man as a defeated president. And Joe Biden, I don't know if they strung him up with cocaine. I don't know what they put in his body in his, some kind of, you know, something, you know, to get him so. Uh, um, but the hypocrisy was so real. It was disturbing to see so much hypocrisy coming forth. And I can imagine the millions of people that were watching uh, the speech on all the different news outlets this morning. When you sit there and, and you don't resist it and, you, and you're not careful, you come under the spell. This is coming under the spell of Jezebel. This is Ahab's uh, world. This is the world of Jezebel telling Ahab what to do. And if Joe Biden's not an Ahab, <clears throat> I don't know what to call him. I know a puppet and all these other things. So sad. What Joe Biden needed to do was get out of the situation and go tend to his son and take care of his family, but instead he chose to demonize Donald Trump. He chose to spend most of his time justifying his win as a president while he was in his basement all those months leading up to the election. So my point is, is that America faces a severe tragedy because the ones who could unify chose not to unify, but they chose to look at a portion of 99.99% of the people were in Washington, D.C. in January 6th. Um, those 99.99% of the people had nothing to do with fighting, breaking windows, storming the Capitol building, uh, hurting police. 99.99% of the people that were in Washington, D.C. remained very peaceful, had no idea that there was any call for insurrection. Nobody was saying, go storm the Capitol. Nobody. 
Not a word spoken. Nobody thought that way. The few people that had been there even before the president's speech was over that were creating the problems. So if there was a point of a percentage of the people, because there were over a million people, that's not made up. There's video to prove that. And that's just on one side of the Capitol building. The other side of the Capitol building had just as many people, uh, at least at the Capitol. So there were, let's say, a million people, easy, that were there. So if you take a point of a percentage and you say, well, maybe a few hundred, let's even say a thousand, let's say 5,000, which is not true. There were not 5,000 people there that were adding up. But that is such a small percentage of a million. And yet what they did with the broad stroke is they demonized every single person that was there supporting their president, knowing that there was election fraud, knowing that there was something wrong with the ballots. I mean, there was enough information out there. There was enough show to tell what was happening, that something was wrong. But rather than saying to the American people today, on this January 6, 2022, that yes, January 6, 2021 was a bad day, but so was 2020 for 10 months uh, as we watched people get beat shot, the police officers killed, uh, the same things was happening, but for 10 months, all over the nation. But they didn't speak a word about those BLM riots and those Antifa riots. They didn't speak a word about while the buildings were on fire, the newscasters from CNN were saying, it's a peaceful demonstration. The object hypocrisy is flooring. And there's no sense of going over it too much again and again, because we've been saying this for a year, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out, well, how could they forget what just happened? How could they demonize Donald Trump and the people that went to support their president on January 6th while a handful of people acted up? You know, you go to parties. I've been to parties before, uh, before I was born again, particularly. And we used to go to some parties. And for the most part, the parties were intended to get people together, have a good time and But within every party, you know, people start acting up and there's a fight breakout or something like that. And then you got to quell that down and silence it. But the majority of the people had nothing to do with that. And so whatever violence they're saying, whatever breaking of windows that they're talking about, whatever violence against police they're saying and, and magnifying had no comparison to what happened in 2020 in reality for 10 months in our country. They say, well, it's worse than the 10 months of our cities raging with protests and violence and hate and rhetoric and violent speech. And, you know, they forget while on January 6th, they talk about the, uh, the hang thing, the, I forget what they call it now. And it was there. I saw it with my own eyes as I was standing back. Uh, where you hang people, they they had it there as a symbol, right? But they forget that when Donald Trump became president in the parks of Central Park and in the comedians had his head in their hands, remember there was blood down his head and they cut his head off. They were holding that. They forget that. They forget in Central Park they did this whole Julius Caesar assassination against Donald J. Trump. They forget the violent hatred that since 2016 was so evident and obvious within this nation. And it wasn't just in 2020 
that we saw the hate of the left and the progressives, we saw it in 2016. We saw it all the way through the presidency of Donald J. Trump, and it never ended. So Joe Biden is trying to come by as a nice white president trying to tell everybody the right thing to do, and, and he totally miserably failed to do anything to temper our nation, its emotion, thought, its feeling. And the only answer, I know why they do what they do, because they're terrified. And again, I know that when they step off the stage, they got to go live with their own conscience. But uh, it's all insulated. They're all insulated for the moment. And I get that. I understand their fear. And rightfully so. They should be terrified. Especially after what was done today, they should be terrified. And again, I understand the reason why they cannot bring peace is because this is the day of God's judgment upon America for its blasphemy that they've allowed out of Hollywood. It's for the shedding of innocent blood. It is for the mass murder of innocent babies. It is for the promotion of the homosexual agenda that all these things that this generation has done politically, governmentally, socially, entertainment, industry, et cetera, et cetera. It's for all these reasons that you cannot find a unifier. There is no unifier in America. What Joe Biden and Kamala Harris did today was stir the anger and the upsetment rather than calming it down. Not just in me, all over this country. And it takes us one step further to the complete and total decapitation of the United States of America. I have a word here that I wrote many, many years ago, and I've got a lot of them, and I'm actually going to bring some forward and just talk about what the Spirit of the Lord was saying to this country years ago if it did not turn course and turn back to God. So this is called The Desolation of America, Part 1. I wrote it in 2006. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They are become her enemies. And I begin this with a quote out of the Bible where Jesus said, I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth? I tell you, No, but rather division. These are the words of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's asking his audience, do you really think that I came to bring peace on earth? I tell you, I tell you, Jesus said, no, but rather division. For from henceforth, there shall be five in one house divided, three against two, two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, the son against the father, the mother against the daughter and the daughter against her mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Luke 12, 
49 to 53. Jesus Christ did not come to bring peace on earth. He came to bring division. From henceforth, he said, from this time forward, the name of Jesus has brought division. And in this Judeo-Christian nation today, he is still bringing division. It's pretty wild to watch Joe Biden quote scripture. The Bible says, if you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. Here's the truth. And then he goes in this massive diatribe of condemning everybody with the broad stroke on January 6th as a mob. So the unifier is denigrating the supporters of their president who did nothing of the tiny little percentage of people that did. And he demonized the country, which would be way over 80 million people that support the president of the United States. So here's a man quoting the Bible, talking about how you'll know the truth. Here's the truth. Donald Trump's a defeated president. The people that followed him are bad people. It's not the truth. That's so far from the truth. Joe Biden's moment in the spotlight is being shown to be so hypocritical and such a facade. And it's, it's pretty sad. In one way, it's very sad that an American president would be so diabolical and hypocritical. I'm going to continue reading this. America once dwelt at peace, but peace will be found no more. Remember, I wrote this in 2006. The inhabitants of America have been and will continue to live their day-to-day lives in fear, chaos, and confusion. Their best efforts to stabilize themselves with a false peace will be met with terrible disaster that will open their eyes to the reality of their eternal condition. No rest shall be found as each day brings forth new problems. Problem solving will take on a new meaning in these days, and the prognosticators and soothsayers of this day will be blinded by the darkness that has descended upon the nations. All the yoga and meditation in the world will not ease the pain. America has opened the door to foreign gods, and a spirit of delusion has swept through the land. Those who have any light at all have faintly seen through the smoke and mirrors to the great deception being perpetrated upon the minds of the American population and around the world. The cry has gone forth to wake up, but many cannot and are sick in the bed of affliction. The pharmaceutical drug companies have sold a greater delusion to the American population as prescription drug sales mount to the billions of dollars each year so the minds of the people can rest from the demonic activity taking place within them. The medical and psychological institutions have, have told the people that their problems are bipolar and psychological alone. They told them that their problems can be coped with by taking these drugs, which are enslaving their souls. Truly, America has become a haunt of demons and a cage of every unclean thing. Many are being trapped and will not escape the destruction. 
People are trying everything to have a moment's rest or a peaceful day, but these things cannot be found. America's enemies are everywhere, and the people have been so dumbed down that they do not know it. The inhabitants of America have given their hope and trust to the governmental powers and military might of America. Oh, what has happened to you, O oh inhabitants of the mighty United States? Once your eyes were upon God, once your eyes were opened and visions filled your hearts and beautiful dreams, now your dreams have become nightmares and all your thoughts are motivated by lying devils and unclean imaginations. Truly, the American population has drunk the dregs of the cup. They are mad. In Joe Biden's speech today, whoever his speechwriters were, he asked everybody to do something. He said to the American people, close your eyes and imagine. My response to Joe Biden was open your eyes and see. They want us to close our eyes and fill our minds with their mantra. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris just made the most audacious effort to bring greater division to the United States of America because it is under judgment. Kamala Harris was so terrified she could hardly breathe. She couldn't really speak, and she tried to bolster herself up, but she couldn't. She couldn't catch a breath. She tried to be strong. She got a little smirky, a little sassy to try to make herself feel more comfortable. She was not. So she turned it over to Joe, and Joe came out after taking his steroid shots or whatever they put into him, and he came out with a very forceful, antagonistic, divisive speech in the name of unity. That's how double-minded, insane, out of control these people have become because they are being influenced by demonic spirits. Evil, demonic spirits are now controlling their minds. I guarantee they walked off that stage and went into their green room or wherever they went and started going, wow, that was a trip. It really was a trip. It was the most divisive speech one could have given at such a critical time. And if God's grace were upon this nation... As Joe was talking about, we have to win. We can never let this happen again. We, the people, well, he just made an enemy of over 80 million people in this country, and I'm sure more. He just divided it further. And if God's grace that Joe talked about was really upon this nation, he would have been more willing to step up to the podium today and said, listen, we are a divided nation. We are a divided nation. January 6th is a one-year, you know, remembrance of what happened a year ago in our nation's capital. We view it as a very bad day. However, we also understand the angst, the anger, the (coughs) trauma. See, they talked about the trauma of January 6th. So he could have said, we understand the trauma of what your children saw for 10 months. 
when roving gangs and wild animals broke windows, busted into stores, beat people up, set fires, and just went berserk. And the police were told to stand down. Why weren't the police told to stand down on January 6th? Well, we could talk about that too. But Joe could have done that. He could have absolutely said, listen, I understand. The the months leading up to the election, it was a harsh thing. It was a very chaotic moment. Donald Trump and I were battling it out. I was getting my information while I was in the basement of headquartering. You know, that's that's where I had to be at that time because COVID came around. I needed to be out of the way. But I understand. You see, this is this is what a unifying reality would have been, not the false, pseudo-lying, hypocritical speech that we just heard that did nothing to unify. It only did more to divide and sever the nation and the people in the country and put fear and strike terror and all that, which it's probably going to fail to do. But Joe didn't try to unite the nation today. He further divided it. He threatened the citizens of the United States who have the right to protest, have the right, the freedom of speech to say anything they want. Joe Biden, you eat bananas. You say anything you want, but not in this administration. Not now. Now it's time to demonize Donald Trump, the defeated president who can't handle it in his ego that he lost. That was a lie. Because you didn't win. And all the justifications that came out, my point, January 6th could have been a healing moment for this country. Just by acknowledging the 10 months of trauma, violence, hate, anger that came from the left, George Soros, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, they all sat back and said, stand down, let them vent. Over what? George Floyd? One police officer? One man? In conflict? Many other cases, I get it. Each one needs to be resolved. It was between two men. Police officer and the victim. Right or wrong, needs to be tried. I get it. But something stirred and fueled going all the way back to Missouri in the days when the first riot broke out. Joe and Kamala refused to bring healing today because America is judged and it is going to collapse. For in the hand of the Lord, there is a cup, is the scripture. And the wine is red. It is full of mixture. And he pours out of the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Who? The Lord shall smite thee with madness. What I saw this morning, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, was utter madness, deep hypocrisy, 
made no sense at all, zero effort to unite a nation to understand both sides and to unite them because they can't. They are tools in the hand of Almighty God and Satan. So God said, stand now with your enchantments and with the multitude of your sorceries, wherein you have labored from your youth. If so be, you shall be able to profit. If so be, you may prevail. You are wearied in the multitude of your counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from these things that shall come upon you. Behold, they shall be a stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor fire to sit before it. That's Isaiah 47, 12 to 14. The children of America have gone into captivity before the enemy. Drugs, sex, crime, abortion, self-mutilation, violence, rebellion, and a host of other spirits have consumed millions of American children. The movie industry has bombarded the minds of the youth and has caused their spirits to bow before the gods of falsehood and destruction. Homosexual movies, witchcraft movies, violent movies have led the misguided into a heartbreaking destruction. And what do the lawmakers and political leaders do about the movie industry, the music industry, the sex industry? It's really destroying our nation? Nothing. And they cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire and use divination and enchantments and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, to provoke him to anger. That's 2 Kings 17, 17. All of America's beauty is departed. The once glorious land of the free has turned into a corruptible seethe of filth and degradation. The once glorious cup in the Lord's hand has given itself to harlotry and, like her older sister, has become twice the child of hell. The once illustrious nation has received her message from the Lord. Ichabod, the glory, has departed. For those who have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand, they know the writing on the wall. The scripture out of Daniel 5, 25 to 28 says, and this is the writing that was written, mene, mene, tekel, upharsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. You are weighed in the balances and are found wanting. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. America today, the writing has been on the wall for a long time. We wrote this in 2006. We're talking near 16 years ago now. These words have come to pass. The governors and kings shall fall before their pursuers. Here is a word that I wrote on September 9th. Kings and governors, beware. As I was listening to Kamala Harris and Joe Biden today, I remember thinking in my spirit, laying in bed watching this this morning, about this very speech. I'm telling you the truth right now. This is Almighty God. And I have a box. I've got a box here filled with prophetic writings. 
filled. I have thousands of pages of things I've written. So when I came down here this morning after hearing the speech and thinking about something I had written years ago, 2006, September 2006, here's the date. Here it is. Okay? Kings and governors beware, 9906, Vincent Xavier. I went into the garage to get the box because I knew, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said to do it. I thought about when I was hearing their fair speeches, I came down first thing on the very top is what I'm about to read to you right now. And I haven't read it. I'm just reading it right now. This message begins in Acts 12, 21 and 22. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. The phrase there, set day, is tactos. It means an ordered, arranged, fixed, stated day. So we have a governor coming to give a speech in his royal apparel but he doesn't give God the glory, and yet the people say he has the voice of a God. So the Lord sends an angel and smote him. And he was eaten of worms. I was thinking about that when I was listening to Joe this morning and Kamala. There comes a time, O kings of the earth, here's the prophetic word. There comes a time, O kings of the earth and governors, that you too shall be judged as in a moment. I have heard your fair speeches in the public forums and have watched your hearts. Truly, I have sent my angels to watch, and they have been commissioned to strike as in a moment with ferocity, those who choose not to give glory to me. Yes, a set day. An appointed time is near to come to all kings and governors who will not bow their knees to me and give to me what is rightfully mine. You dishonor me when you pass laws contrary to mine. You take the glory unto yourselves when you approve what I have disapproved and when you qualify as good what I have utterly condemned. I have warned, but you would not listen. Know this day that your set day is near. You know not that all things are in my hands. You know not because you have fallen to the powers of darkness and have become blind leaders of the blind. But I'm not blind. I see your core. I see your attitude, agenda, and motive. You have become respecters of men and not me, and I will judge. On a day when you least expect Yes, even during your finest speeches, suddenly I will strike you and you shall die. You have taken unto yourselves the robes of human royalty and have thought yourselves to be of utmost importance in the eyes of men. See, Joe and Kamala and all the rest, they really think that they are God's. They really think that they are royalty. 
They really believe it, and so they insulate themselves with all the people that they've duped, the blind leaders and the blind followers. So you've taken to yourselves the robes of human royalty. You have thought yourselves to be of utmost importance in the eyes of men, but you are not in my eyes. I have allowed you to rule in the nations and among the people, but you have sought gain and control. You have lost your footing and are about to slip into the darkest places man has ever known. Think not that you shall join your fathers in the tombs as though a job well done has been performed. For you know not that your fathers are murderers and liars, each one. You have been severed from the line of justice and have become a lineage of bastards. Dress yourselves with human royalty but you shall never know mine. Take heed, governors and kings. You have been weighed in the balance and have been found lacking. You lack the genuine presence of the Most High God. Your fair speeches may sound like the voice of a God to the people, but to me they are blasphemous. I see behind your words. I see your agendas. I see what motivates you, even greed and desire to make merchandise of the people. You are the blind guides who are leading the blind people into a horrible ditch. I will smite you while seated upon your high thrones. I will take your pomp and power and smash it to the ground. Your bowels will gush from your bodies, even as Judas, who betrayed me in the days of his flesh. Your speeches represent your ways and not mine. Your words shall fall to the ground. Your words shall not stand. I will blow upon them with the strength of my might and cause them to vanish away in the wind. My breath shall consume your words and they shall be burned up in the fire of my wrath. You are entering into a long season of speech making. And I warn you now that every speech that does not glorify me shall be met with disaster. I have long stood by and listened to the plots and plans and schemes of darkness. See, for me, and I'm going to continue on, for me, I stand in awe of the Spirit of God and the Word of God laying in bed an hour or so ago listening to these fair speeches and having this memory come back that I had written something about it, go out to my garage, pull out a box on the very top, this very word. So what it tells me is that God is saying in Washington, D.C., that stood before the American people today to further divide the nation, you are going to be decapitated. You are going to be struck by the angel of the Lord. God is going to send an angel. God is going to lose something because rather than unify in this nation this morning, because you can't, because it's judgment on America, you further divided it, you further exasperated it, and what you're going to do is play into the very hands of Almighty God because this is going to accelerate further into the collapse of nations for the rise of a one-world government. This is all playing into the prophetic truth of God Almighty. But God said, who is my angel 
who is my messenger, watching the ways of men. I have given commission, and the sword is drawn. You know, when Joe was standing in what they called the rotunda or the, the hall of the statues, statutory hall, hall, I couldn't help but thinking about the sword of Damocles. I was watching and how the sword of Damocles hangs over the throne of every king, every governor, every leader. And if you remember the Italian playwright going all the way back, I believe, to the 1800s, may have been further back, I don't recall the date, but the Sword of Damocles was an Italian play by an Italian playwright, and it was the story of a king and a servant, and the king sat upon a luxurious throne in his majestic royal robes. The servant would always do the business, wished in his heart that one day he could sit upon the throne, and the king, knowing this, said to the servant one day, would you like to sit in the throne upon which I sit? And the servant lit up and said, oh, yes, I want to know what it's like to sit upon the throne. And they exchanged places. The king descended off the throne. The servant came and sat upon the throne. And while I was holding on to that power, and he was feeling that power, and as all that power and and oh my God, he was just feeling it. He looked up and hanging over his head was a massive sword, a massive sword. And it was hanging by a horse's hair. And the moral of that story was hanging over the throne of every ruler is a sword hanging by a hair. John F. Kennedy, the president of the United States of America in 1961-1962, he gave a speech at the United Nations, if you'll remember, and he talked about the nuclear sword of Damocles. He knew the playwright of Damocles, and you could actually go to Google if you want to hear it. I taught this many years ago, and you can listen to the speech of John F. Kennedy talking about Hanging over every nation is a nuclear sword of Damocles. He called it a nuclear sword. So there's a scripture. Don't let me leave without reading it. I have given commission and the sword is drawn. You see not that you have offended the Most High God. These people that are standing here giving their fair speeches have no idea how offensive they are to the heart of God Almighty, you leaders of America, especially those, have opened the door of abomination, and the flood of justice shall flow through. My rage will not be tamed. A fire has been kindled, and it will not go out. And here we are all these years later. I wrote this in September of 2006. The flames have not gone out. They're only burning brighter than ever before. The fire has been kindled. It will not go out. For a devouring fire shall burn beyond the control of men, and the damage shall be great. You know not my heart. For if you did, you would know that it is grieved 
you see not my heart. For if you did, you would see the pulsating passion that has been stirred against you. I have not forgotten what you have done to the innocent ones. I have not lost sight of your many sins. I have not been dumbed down by your flattery and fair speeches. I have not turned a deaf ear to your many hard speeches against me. I have heard the mocking. I have heard the scoffing. Like the king who sat upon his throne and was suddenly destroyed by my angel, so now many kings shall lose their lives in a moment. You will think that the hijacking of several planes was a small thing when you behold with your eyes what I'm about to do. One governor after another will come down. One leader after another will fall to the ground. One pompous, vain talker after another shall be exposed and cast down into the eternal fires of hell. The assassination of men is occurring. But you will see that it is I, the Lord God Almighty, who has sent my angels with unsheathed swords to strike at the heart of kings and governors. I will silence the agendas of evil. My heart is stirred and it cannot rest. My wrath is churned for I am angry. Watch and see if the worms do not eat the flesh of kings. Look again to what I have said, for it is written, their worm shall never die because they give not God the glory. Leaders of America, because you gave not the glory when you legalized the abomination of homosexuality and all kinds of perverse engagements, I will smite you, each and every one, even those who have left their post already. Leaders of America, because you have legalized the mass murder of over 90 million, it was 50 million at the time of the writing, innocent ones, I will smite you, each and every one, even those who have left their posts already. Can someone say Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Leaders of America, because you practice witchcraft in your secret places, I will smite you, each and every one, even those who have left their posts already. You have opened the door to my wrath, and now will it come with fury. Why? Has all this come upon America? America has grievously sinned. Therefore, she is removed. All that honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Yes, she sighs and turns backwards. My day of justice is near upon the nations of the earth. But now, I will speak to my beloved. I know you, your heart, your willingness, and your courage. I have seen you weather the storms, and I've heard you call upon my name. Now I say unto you. Now, see, this is going to burst my heart right now. I had no idea this was here. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. And show you great and mighty things which you know not. Right here. I've been preaching on that and singing that almost every day for the last two weeks. I had no idea 
that was on the final page of this prophecy. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you remarkable secrets that you know not of, of things to come, is another translation. Yes, a great season of unfolding and revelation is coming to my elect. If you have sat in our services and if you've heard, I just preached on this last weekend. I just ministered this word of God. This is the word of the Lord. It is now being confirmed. And you're going to need to know how to be guided in the days ahead, the very short days. So there's an unfolding and revelation coming to God's elect. Their eyes shall see and behold wonderful things in the midst of destruction and devastation. Even as my servant Stephen saw when his life was being taken from him. And here's the scripture in Acts 7.54 about Stephen. When they heard these things, they were cut to their heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Stephen was telling the truth to the hypocrites, to the liars. And if in the book of Isaiah chapter 10, God says, O Assyrian, the rod of my anger and the staff of their hand, the staff in their hand is my indignation, and I will send him against a hypocritical nation. It is impossible that God will not send the rod of his anger against this nation. The hypocrisy is unbelievable. And as Stephen was declaring the same thing, they were killing him, stoning him to death. But he saw something amazing. And God is saying this is an amazing season for the elect of God. I'm not saying you have to be stoned to death, be thrown into prison or anything else. Destruction is going to hit this nation. A thousand will fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand. We will see more violence and more hate, and we will see and witness at some point the decapitation of Washington, D.C. It will be severed and cut off. Many more strikes against the heart of this nation are coming. God is warning. But I want to go back to the word. That was just one prophetic word that God just laid forth. That's absolutely miraculous. But I want to go to a passage of scripture in Ezekiel chapter 21. I just want to read it to you. Because I want to go back to the sword of Damocles. And this was a word I've written about it. It's, I've got, probably got it here somewhere in all these writings. Let me just read it to you. Because it's alive right now. In other words, there's an anointing on the word right now. Ezekiel chapter 21, and I'll just begin in verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set your face toward Jerusalem. Set your face toward Washington, D.C., the capital. Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. Set your face towards Washington, D.C., And drop your word toward the holy places and prophesy against the land of America. Say to the land of America, just like Ezekiel would have done to Jerusalem and Israel, God is saying in in dual prophetic terms, 
Let the word of the Lord drop. I just dropped a lot of God's words against this nation, and it's true. And say to the land of Israel, America, thus saith the Lord, behold, I am against you. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, all blasphemers, all wicked people in this country, I am against you, saith the Lord God Almighty. This was God speaking to his own nation, the chosen people, Israel. He said, tell them, prophet, tell them I'm against them. Tell them. And will draw forth my sword out of his sheath. And will cut off from you the righteous and the wicked. What does that mean? Oh, I've heard it forever with people that can't believe that God would ever move against America because there's more than 10 righteous people here. You know the story in Sodom and Gomorrah. Lord, if there be 10 righteous, will you spare it? Yes, I'll spare it if there's 10 righteous. And so they say, well, God will never strike America because there's more than 10 righteous. But Ezekiel had another heart, another portion of the heart of God. God said, I'm going to unsheathe my sword and I'm going to strike the righteous and the wicked. In other words, the calamities that are coming that have already been 9-11, 2001, and we can go on down the list of the children at school and in malls and people that have been killed and violent rages. We can go on down the list, storms, whatever. It's the righteous and the wicked. Verse 4 says this, Seeing then that I will cut off from you the righteous and the wicked, therefore shall my sword go forth out of his sheath against all flesh from the south to the north, that all flesh may know that I, the Lord, have drawn forth my sword out of his sheath. It shall not return any more. And I believe that's true. I believe that God has unsheathed his sword many years ago against this country. Here's what he says to the prophet Ezekiel. Sigh, therefore, thou son of man, with the breaking of your loins and with bitterness sigh before their eyes. And it shall be when they say unto you, Wherefore sighest thou? That you shall answer for the tidings, because it comes, and every heart shall melt. And all hands shall be feeble, and every spirit shall faint, and all knees shall be weak as water. Behold, it comes past, saith the Lord God. You see, the pompous, the arrogant, the foolhearted individual that thinks they're something when they're nothing, they don't like that message. They don't like to hear that every heart's going to melt that even the righteous are going to be struck by the sword of God's justice. They don't like to hear things like this. Their hands will be feeble. Their spirit will faint. Their knees will be weak as water. Every heart shall Because that's how dark and deep the blindness is, even in some of God's people. In other words, it is consistent with what Jesus said. Men's hearts melting for fear of what they see coming upon the earth. And in like manner, through the prophet Ezekiel, God said, when they see my sword go forth, 
when I loose my sword, hearts are going to melt. One angel came out of the presence of God and stood before Daniel, and Daniel, the most holy man on earth, fell to his knees sick many days because of the presence of one angel. Remember, the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. None will stand before him arrogantly. None will boast and stick out their chest. None. The ultimate righteous, the rigidly righteous, the remnant of a remnant righteous, who will be kept, will be so broken and so humbled and so near to the heart of Jesus Christ, they will stay so close to him, all arrogance and pride will have been driven from their hearts. They will stand next to the Lord. Verse 8. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord, say, A sword, a sword is sharpened and also furbished. I did some study on that years ago. It's basically talking about a polished, prepared sword. And here God is saying, a sword, the sword of Damocles that hangs over nations, it's now so sharp, so polished, whoever's holding this sword, they've, and this is what the Hebrew was basically saying, they have learned how to use it well. And if it's a nuclear sword in the hands of Islam or some other enemies, They've learned how to use it. Their sword has been furbished. It's been perfected. It's been polished. Their use of it has been polished. In other words, it's ready. Verse 10 says, it is sharpened to make a sore slaughter. It is furbished that it may glitter. Should we then make mirth? Should we be making mirth? Contends the rod of my son as every tree. Very odd saying. Verse 11. And he has given it to be furbished that it may be handled. This sword is sharpened and it is furbished to give it into the hand of the slayer. Who is my angel that I will send to decapitate the leadership of this nation who have blasphemed the living God? There's a sharp, furbished sword in the hand of a slayer. The scripture here tells us who the slayer was as you continue to read. But we're in a different time, a different day, and there's a slayer walking through the earth that's about to slay the wickedness of this nation. I and Howell, son of man, for it shall be upon my people. It shall be upon all the princes of Israel, Congress, Senate, judiciary, legislative branch of government, Supreme Court, all of them. 
terrors by reason of the sword shall be upon my people. Smite therefore upon your thigh, because it is a trial. And what if the sword contemn even the rod? It shall be no more, saith the Lord God. Again, difficult passage to hear, because twice now the word rod has been used, and we know that we've entered into the month of the rod, the Yabad. Excuse me. Verse 14. Thou, therefore, son of man, prophesy, smite your hands together, and let the sword be doubled the third time. The sword of the slain. It is the sword of the great men that are slain, which enters into their private chambers. I have set the point of the sword against all their gates, and their heart may faint, and their ruins be multiplied. This is what the left is terrified about. This is what they interpreted on January 6th. They didn't care what they released in the whole year of 2020 that they were afraid about. What they're really afraid about is they saw the potential sword on January 6th. They saw something that made them afraid, something sparkled, something glittered in their minds. The people didn't do a thing except a small percentage. I have set the point of the sword against all their gates, their heart may faint, and their ruins be multiplied. Ah, it is made bright. It is wrapped up for the slaughter. Go thee one way or other, either on the right hand or on the left, whithersoever thy face is set, I will also smite my hands together, and I will cause my fury to rest. I, the Lord, have set it. Now, here's answer to who the the carrier of the sword was. Here's the slayer. Verse 18. The word of the Lord came unto me again, saying, Also, thou son of man, appoint thee two ways, that the sword of the king of Babylon may come. Both twain shall come forth out of one land. So, in other words, it's the sword of the king of Babylon that was being released against Israel, God's chosen people. America, the Judeo-Christian nation, is now set for slaughter. There is a slaughtering weapon. If I go back to the book of Ezekiel, and we talk about slaughtering weapons, it says in verse 1 of chapter 9, Ezekiel 9:1, He cried also in my ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near. Even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand, a slaughtering weapon. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lie toward the north. I would imagine these are representing of angels. Every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. One man among them was clothed with linen, with a writer's inkhorn by his side, and they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. Let's go back to uh, the the latter part of verse 4. Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem. Go through and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Are you a sire and a crier for the abominations? 
And to the others, he said in my hearing, go after him. Remember, he sets a mark. This is Revelation. No doubt, Revelation is chapter 7 is being spoken of here. So the others with the slaughtering weapons go after through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men, which were before the house. And he said unto them, defile the house, fill the courts with the slain, go forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. Slaughtering weapons an unsheathed sword, a day of accountability for the writing is on the wall. These are the true words of God. These aren't make-believe. Joe Biden did not unite this nation today, didn't even attempt to. Kamala Harris didn't even make an attempt. They came as arrogant, blasphemous people and condemned innocent people as a mob, as haters, And they grouped everybody together because of a percentage point of individuals that acted up after a year of violence, hatred, and burning, and looting, and robbing, and shedding blood, shooting police, defiling every cities all over America. So they did not come to bring peace because they can't. They couldn't do it if they tried because America has been set for judgment. In 2003, I wrote, because I heard the word of the Lord say, do not pray for America anymore, for they have passed the point of no return. Rather, pray for my people that they might be able to navigate through the storm that's coming upon this earth. I was not permitted to pray for this nation, and here we are now, 19 Years later, 19 years later, and America has never returned, just like God said. They had crossed the point of no return. It was at the same year where they were taking the Ten Commandments out of the halls of justice in Alabama. I'll never forget it. Walking through the parks, climbing mountains with my shofar, blowing the shofar over this, the city and just blowing it into the spiritual atmosphere. And on that one day, God said, do not pray for this nation. Uh, It had to be in the Bible, and I found it three times in the book of Jeremiah, where God said to Jeremiah, do not pray for this people. Do not pray for this nation. And Jesus said, I do not pray for the world, but for mine who are in it. And he confirmed his word that I heard in my spirit. And it's been the true word of God. People have tried to resist it. They fought. They said this. They said that. They got gatherings of prophets now that are all gathering together. Oh, Pastor Vince, you got to listen to these hundred prophets got together. And, you know, the same ones that said Donald Trump was going to win the day. And all these people out there saying what they're going to say. And so simple. I don't need to hear a hundred prophets. I don't need to listen to any more of the rhetoric, the soothsaying, the divination, the justification. I don't need. I know what it's like. To miss the mark, and it hurts deeply. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's all going to turn around for good, because the way the news spins it, I'm watching God's word come to pass. I don't need the news media to tell me what the future of America is going to be. God's already spoken it. He spoke it 19 years ago, and it's being confirmed every day since. 
And what happened today was a breach by the leaders of this nation who lied and were hypocritical because they can't do anything else. They're not permitted to by the king of glory. So you're a Christian. You live in America. You live on planet Earth today. They're threatening you. We had a prophecy that the first 90 days of 2022, they were going to force vaccinations. They were going to step up the pressure. Now you saw that one of the greatest tennis players in the world, Djokovic, went to Australia the other day, and he was to play in the Australian Open, number one player in the world. They kicked him out. They said, you can't come. You're not vaccinated. He said, I don't want to be vaccinated. I have an exemption. Well, they didn't go for that in Australia. So the newscasters came on, and what did they do? They slandered the living daylights out of Djokovic to make an example of him. Oh, that little rich boy thinks the rules don't apply for him. He's not going to be able to play tennis if he's not vaccinated. And It's coming. I'm telling you, it's all coming to pass. Exactly the way the Spirit of God said it would come to pass. And you're here, and I'm here. And the only thing I know that is right about this moment is Jesus Christ, God our Father, Holy Spirit activated. There's nothing left. There's nothing else but God for you and for me. In God, we live and move and have our being. In God, we are unafraid. We are truly insulated in God. We are hid in Christ. So get in. Get all the way into God. Not the God of your imagination. Not the God of your human reasoning. Not the God of your tradition. Not the God of your denomination. Into the one true living God who from Genesis to Revelation has told the story and has given us understanding of things that are coming so that we're not caught off guard. Get into him. And the only way to get into God is through the door. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the door. Everybody else that tries to get to God another way except through Jesus Christ is a thief and a robber, according to his own words. If you do not access God through the blood atonement of his son, you don't have God. That's why Muslims don't have the true God. The unbelieving Jews don't have the true God. There's only one true God that can be accessed through his son. Period. No other argument. For he who has not the son has not the father. Period. I don't care what you call yourself, what your natural lineage is. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ. So if you think you once knew God in Judaism or Islam or whatever you thought you knew, if you don't access him by, God, by the Spirit, by Jesus, you've created another God. And you may use the Bible to vindicate who your God is, but you don't have a relationship with him. You don't have him if you don't go through the door. There's no argument. Through Jesus Christ, his death on the tree, 
on a hill called Calvary. Through his blood, through the tearing of his flesh, through his broken body, through his sacrifice as the Lamb of God, an offering that God himself gave to this earth to bring peace between the creator and the creation, to bring reconciliation back one way, not through Buddha, not through Muhammad, not through New Age, not through metaphysics, not through science of mind, not through philosophy, not through reasoning, not through logic. There is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. And here's the deal. The more terror that comes on this earth, the more fear that strikes the heart of people, because their reality of their time of departure is coming, Take it as a gift from God Almighty and repent of your unbelief. Repent from your unbelief. You have chosen not to believe in Yeshua. Now it's time to choose to believe in him. Because there is no other way on this earth. And if you die having rejected him, your pain is just beginning. Throughout eternity, believe the word of God. It's true. You've been here for a vapor. This is a smidgen of a moment compared to eternity. If you go into eternity having rejected the Messiah, the good news of God's mercy and favor and grace, and his time of judgment is coming, the day of salvation is drawing to a close, the door is ready to shut like in the ark of Noah. And if you reject to enter in because you're angry or you're proud or whatever your issues are, and you won't humble yourself and accept Messiah Yeshua to be the savior of your soul, your doom that awaits you can only be described this way, as I understand. What was the worst day that you've ever had on this earth? Do you remember a really bad day? Multiply it one million times without tomorrow to pull you out of it. That's where you're going if you're separated from God. You think you're going to stand before God and raise your fist and question him? You never question God. Never. You can ask questions, but you never question him. He's God. Well, why do these things happen? You can ask in humility knowing you're talking to your creator, but to question him, to put him on a judgment seat like these blasphemers have done in leadership positions in this nation and around the world who have rejected God's will and his truth for their own, from the United Nations all the way down to every government around the world, their day of accountability is coming. God's not unfamiliar with man's rebellion, his stubbornness, his pride. But don't you go that way. Enter in to true salvation. Joe Biden said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Here's the truth. Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation for a person or a nation. And if you cared at all, if you were right, 
you would have stood up and told this nation, we have to come by way of the cross. Forgive one another for what happened on January 6th if we think there was an offense. But let's also forgive one another for what happened in 2020. Forgive your government for not allowing law and order. They boast, we are a nation of law and order, but they let no law and no order take place during 2020. Hypocrisy. Unveiled, naked hypocrisy. All right, we've got some calls coming in. Let's take some calls on the air. And I'll take this first call coming in from, no, 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 I didn't want that one. Where did it go? Okay. So anyways, that's it for me today. I I've kind of, this is my heart. This is what I believe. This is what I believe God is saying. And I'm going to stand with it. And I'm going to live an abundant life in Jesus Christ. I'm going to thank God for all he's done in my life. I'm going to continue to serve him by his grace and by the spirit of the Lord. I'm going to get snuggled way deep into his heart. I'm not going to look outside into this world and, and, and think somehow that it's all going to be okay. And we've crossed the point of no return. It's never going to be normal in this country again. And so the pressure's coming, the violence, the hate, the anger, the demonization, the stigmatization, the propaganda, the collapse, it's all coming. 2022. It's all on the way. It's all here. Let me take this call. Coming in from area code 605. And say, good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Uh, Yes. Uh, Vincent? Yes. Hi, Kathy. Oh, hi. Yes. Um, It's another confirmation what you were bringing out today in Ezekiel. Yesterday, I was on the phone with the brother in the Lord, and he told me, he says, read Ezekiel 38, starting with 11. And here's one of the verses. It says, and thou shalt say, say, I will go up to the land of Anwal villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. He said, that is the United States of America. When you read that whole chapter and you drop down to the 15th verse of Ezekiel 37, it says, and thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. Well, in them days, Ezekiel, it was all horses, but there's tanks and stuff like that today, you know, in the military. But at the end of that chapter, God in the 23rd verse says, Thus will I magnify myself. Now, this is God talking in this verse, and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Now, my question and comment is this my question is are we there sure does seem like it absolutely i mean in the prophetic yeah we're we're right smack in the middle of a lot that's ready to happen we'll see uh these first three months of this year are going to be very very telling um and what happened today with the speeches of these people is very very telling and there it just is no willingness to uh, really unite as a nation. So the divided nation continues, and a house divided cannot stand. And I would imagine by December there won't be a nation that's still standing. It will collapse. 
Well, God is revealing this this same thing to many people, yeah. and so yeah, awesome. we have to take heed. Thank Amen. you. God bless. God bless you. Love you guys. Appreciate your call. And, you know, if you have something of a disagreement that you, you know, ever hear me say and you have another counterpoint, you're more than welcome to share your opinion or the truth that you may be possessing. Let's take our next call, 916, coming from our dear brother, Mark. God bless you, sir. How are you today in the snowy northwest? Oh, I'm hanging in there, Pastor. How are you? Happy day after your birthday. Yeah, I had the greatest birthday party last night. It was absolutely amazing. Um, Wow. I will be addressing that this weekend. It was amazing. Oh, cool. It was a blast. Uh, it was very, very enjoyable time for all present. It was a real blessing for all of us. Amen. Me too. Well, I just wanted to comment briefly. <clears throat> Pardon me. I've got a little bit of a frog in my throat. Um, you know, I think everyone knows Christians. Everyone is acquainted with a Christian or two, or maybe even whole groups that categorically disregard the scriptures that are contained in the Old Testament. As though when Jesus walked the earth, that his teachings somehow put the Old Testament into a condition of strikeout type, whereby the scriptures contained in the Old Testament are no longer valid or no longer true or no longer applicable to the human race. And I really feel sorry for people who believe they are Christians, people who believe they are believers, who don't believe the scriptures contained in the Old Testament. There is a a saying that you have put forth in your sermons, in your teaching, that the Bible interprets itself. And to be perfectly frank with you, I was not aware of that before Cindy and I came to Arkansas and started attending uh, New Wine Ministry. We did not really know that the Bible, well, we had no idea that the Bible interprets itself. We were focused only on the New Testament as was taught to us in the churches that we had been going to. And Jesus does make some pretty clear reference to the word of God as stated by the prophets. But what people in today's day and age tend to focus on is the grace and the forgiveness and the washing by the blood, the grace of 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 the Lord God as expressed through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, this is the most powerful force on the planet. It is love in its purity. The problem with this is that people, they abuse this love. They, they misuse it. They use it to, and, and of course, you've told us this many times, they use it in terms of sloppy, agape, and greasy grace. whereby we are all somehow categorically forgiven of all of our sins and every sin that we would commit, and we have permission to go on sinning. I just feel really badly for people who don't put Scripture into perspective and who don't see that the Old Testament is absolutely, completely alive and completely expressed and completely foretold in the New Testament. The entire book of the Bible, the entire Bible is the word of God, and the word of God does not go to sleep. 
and the word of God does not get rewritten with strikeout type. It's the word of God. It's alive. People need to wake up and see that. Christians need to wake up and pay attention to the Old Testament because that is really the only way that people are going to understand and navigate and survive the current events in the world today, including, of course, and especially in the United States of America. So I think that people need to be prayed for. People need to be prayed for. Sir, that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) All right, Brother Mark, I appreciate you sharing that story. Uh, Yeah, the Bible is awesome. And the Apostle Paul in Corinthians said um, that we were to learn examples and patterns of the things that were written aforetime so that we don't suffer the same way they did. It's obvious that what God wrote in the Old Testament, if you will, the Torah, instructions from Genesis all the way through Malachi, uh, that we're to learn from those things because God has never changed. The covenants have changed. We have a new covenant ratified in the blood of Jesus. It's a covenant of grace, mercy, forgiveness, Holy Spirit, light, healing, all the beauty of that covenant. Um, And the Mosaic covenant, having fulfilled its purpose, bringing the people to Christ. And, um, And yet we don't throw it out. And you're exactly right. We go back and we learn because much of Scripture tells us how God feels about certain things. And that's how we learn about who God is. If we throw out the God of the Old Testament and say, well, he was an Old Testament angry God, but he's not that way today. Well, you really cut off who he really is. Well, then who is he? Oh, he's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. And is that it? But that doesn't show up in all New Testament scripture. He's a God of wrath. He's going to pour out his wrath. He's a God of judgment. So, and, and the New Testament uses Old Testament scriptures all the time. Days of Noah, days of Solomon, to to, to represent itself. So, yeah, it's an unfortunate blackout in the minds of men that they've totally cut off uh, large portions of Scripture that would give understanding to who God really is and how he feels about what's going on in a person's life or in a nation. So I totally agree. Amen. All right, brother. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate your broadcast this morning, and we'll see you soon. God bless you. All right. Thank you so much. So if you have a question or comment about anything you heard today or something you'd like to share, the number to call 818-369-0326. I see our chat room is up and there's a few good friends out there just saying good morning. And so good morning back to Melissa Fletcher, Pastor Melissa and Cindy Messman and Laquita Sizemore, Greg Johnson. Welcome, Greg. Uh, Charlotte Gotch, Sandra Matlow, Shirley Wolseley, Terry Jean, Uh, Let's see. Stan Johnson. Terry Jean says, Stan Johnson of Prophecy Club. Been talking of suitcase nukes and let out the mouths if two or three witnesses. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind that that is going to become a reality. In fact, uh, I would venture to say that at some point that there will be a release of seven to 15 nuclear weapons or dirty bombs in seven to 15 major cities across this United States of America on the same day thus collapsing the nation completely, and it will not rebound at all, and the facade will be completely gone. And I do believe that God has revealed that. I do believe that's in the mind of uh, many that uh, are enemies of this nation, that God can do it. You know, he sent something to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, just wiped it off the face of the earth. I think he could do it again. In fact, they just said that over Pittsburgh on New Year's Day, there was, this was an amazing article. Did you hear this? So out in Pittsburgh, New Year's Day, 
there was a meteorite that was heard that sounded like so many, I forget how many thousands of tons of TNT dynamite, but a meteorite absolutely, I got to find that now. Where is that? Uh, A meteorite. Can you believe that? Maybe the meteorites, maybe the um, asteroids in the comets, maybe the seven angels with the seven trumpets, maybe Revelation chapter 8. Maybe. Maybe. Let's take this call coming in from area code 479-366. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning. Um wanted to uh, touch on um, the babies that have been aborted. And on the church's watch, we have basically said, go ahead, kill them. What, and have taken their freedom for life away from them. What makes us think that our freedoms are not going to be untouched. Great. There is a rightful place to, to be in with the Lord, doing what is right before him. But on our watch, we gave, and whether it was by not saying anything or, um, but I can't help but think about that strongly this morning. Their freedoms were absolutely obliterated. And it, uh, the Bible's clear. We read what we sow. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. What does that, what does that look like? I mean, the, each one, so valuable before God. Each one. And Proverbs is clear open up your mouth for those who are appointed for destruction and for the dumb. And, um, you know, and at this point, you know, the mercy still there. I, I believe so. Um, but his righteous judgment as well. He, I mean, he's a God. Yeah, he is. He is a God of love and mercy, and he is just. And he's not going to let their blood not, he's not going to not avenge their blood. So I just thank you. Uh, Well, thank you, and I totally hear your heart, and I I believe what you're saying is that the writing is on the wall. God is a God of mercy Mm -hmm. and justice and love and compassion and forgiveness, but there comes a time where that final moment comes. It says you've crossed the point of right. no return. And then we start to see all the whippings and the lashings to bring correction. Um, mm-hmm. And some people repent and others don't. And we go headlong into a moment like this where now we most likely will observe the sword of the Lord being unsheathed and the angels mm-hmm. of God coming and smiting that which is ungodly and unholy. And um, we have a lot to see. And what you're saying is that God is justified in doing it. One hundred percent, absolutely. Amen. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Thank you. All well, right. God you. bless you That's all. A great call. All right. You're welcome. Bye bye. God bless you. Okay. 
All right, there you have it. Uh, he is merciful, but he is just, says Pastor Dennis Sossaman. Uh, totally agree. All right, so we're at 1037. Any other questions or comments? We'd love to hear from you. It's 18 degrees right now in northwest Arkansas. 18 degrees. I think it was last year in February, it was 18 below zero. Mamma mia. Uh, uh, let's see. Terry Jean says, many churches bought it under grace. There is now judgment of God. Yeah. <clears throat> there is now no judgment of God. Okay. Many churches bought into under grace. There is now no judgment of God. Well said. Yeah, I get that. Um, God doesn't judge anymore because it's all grace. And, um, Wow. I wonder why he wrote through Peter about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah being an example to those that would live ungodly. <laughs> it must have been a mistake. <clears throat> the whole book of Revelation must be a mistake. Second Peter must be a mistake. It must all be a mistake. Jude must be a mistake. No mistakes. God is just. So having said that, on January 6th, have a super blessed day. Um, enjoy the moment. I don't know what the weather's like where you are. I want to thank everybody for your warm wishes. And my 59th birthday was yesterday. I absolutely loved it. And last night they had a beautiful dinner for me at the church. And uh, we got out there. They made the most incredible meal. It was absolutely amazing. And the gifts that came were special, but the words that were spoken over my life. I sat there. It was so weighty, I almost passed out. Um, and I believe it came from sincere hearts. And I just want to say thank you to those of you who love this ministry and love Patricia and I and love me particularly and showed that on my birthday. Thank you so much. Expecting it to be an incredible year. And um, we'll keep moving forward. You do the same thing. Remember, the only safe place to be today is in Jesus Christ. You got baggage, bring yourself to him just the way you are. He will take you just the way you are if you bring your heart. He'll begin a work in your life. It may be the thief on the cross. Nonetheless, he'll take care of business if you give him your whole heart. Don't hold anything back. He won't take 99.999% offerings. He won't receive it. It's all or nothing with God. All in, nothing you have is yours. Your life is temporary. The breath in you came from him. It's all his. Give it all to him. Why not? We came in with nothing. We're leaving with nothing except for what's in our hearts. Get the treasure to fill your heart. Love him. Love people. Love people. I mean, Jesus was mad at Pharisees, called them hypocrites, vipers, snakes. But love people. Got to roll, got to roll, got to roll. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Please keep in prayer. Pastor Jeff Bass and his family, Dee and their family and church. Please keep in prayer Brian and Kathy over in the island of Hawaii. And please keep in prayer Pastor Kevin and Nancy Honeycutt in Tennessee. Please keep the New Wine Ministry Church family in your prayers. And uh, go low, go through, and may the grace of God, the true grace of God, and the available, abundant mercy of God, the tender mercies of God for those who would receive it, just enrich your life with his tender mercy and grace. There's tons of it. It's all for you. It's favor. 
even in the midst of all this chaos and confusion, it doesn't matter. In Christ, you can live an abundant life. You could be led by the Holy Spirit, guided and directed. You're here on purpose. Keep finding out what is your calling. Go into the harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest that you could be useful to him as you go about your business every single day. <laughs> Don't get caught into the trap of politics and all these things. Just be observant, understand, see it for what it is so you don't come under the spell. That's why we rebuke it because the deception is so strong. So stay the course. Keep working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Love the body of Christ. Love the brotherhood. Keep serving. Keep serving God. Keep doing what is right. And go further. Do something this year that you haven't done before. Give more than you've ever given. Go further than you've ever gone. Serve more than you've ever served. Don't look back and say, oh, my best years of giving and serving were back there. No, no, no. Let this year, let this moment be the best in the midst of the chaos. Are you kidding me? God always affords opportunity in the midst of crises. It's the way he works. He's our papa. He loves us. He's our heavenly father. And he loves you very much. He really does love. The world don't love him. They do things that break his heart. Don't you do anything to break his heart, and I'll do my best not to. So let us walk acceptably before the Lord in all pleasing. I want to do that. So it's not easy talking about this stuff. And I know for some people it sounds like, oh, negativity, doom and gloom. It's a reality. But there is another place in Christ. It's full of light and glory, laughter and love. Warmth and blessing, favor and grace. Receive it, enter into it, experience it. Not in your head, but in our hearts. So that's where I got to keep telling this friend here to um, God bless everybody. Shalom. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing, Pastor Vince. God bless you.